All right, let's set up the hotline and welcome back for the first time in a little over a month. Dr. Chris Crane joining us now from Tulsa Bone and Joint, TulsaBoneandJoint.com. Dr. Crane, dad, how's life treating you now these days? Well, you know, I remember sleeping in the past, but it's not here anymore, and that's okay. It's all worth it. Forget about it for a while, my man. It's, uh, it's it, gone. It, it's going to be an extended uh, bye-bye time to your sleep life. And, uh, hey, when it comes back, though, you'll look back on it and be like, I can't believe I actually made it through that time, and it is great to actually sleep again. So don't worry. It'll, it'll go away at some point. But, yeah, for right now, you can just hang it up, brother, because it's not coming back for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'll believe it when it happens, I think. <laughs> how's, uh, how's mom and baby doing? Are they doing well? Everyone is healthy. We are blessed. Everyone is doing great. Baby's growing. It's It's been a good time. That's awesome, man. Good to hear. Good to hear indeed. All right. Uh, let's, uh, on your first trip back, I know that we've talked, it seems like, multiple times about uh, Tommy John procedures. And here we are again. The biggest news of the entire week came down yesterday. No, not involving the golf world, but baseball, where Jacob deGrom is now set to potentially undergo his second career Tommy John surgery. So, Doc, his uh, elbow was repaired the first time in October of 2010 when he was in the minor leagues with the Mets. Um, How far have we come in terms of the procedure itself in something that now happened over a decade ago? Uh, Because I've read multiple things like – typically the second Tommy John surgery comes with longer rehab and more risks, but the second surgery is not as risky as it was, say, even five to ten years ago. How far have we come now in a short period of time? This is something that gets a lot of attention. I mean, this uh, historically, this was career-ending. This would just, you would injure this and you're done. This was your, you're, you're done. You can't tolerate the velocity of these throws anymore. And now that we've done reconstructions for many decades and and this is something that we're seeing, unfortunately, stay fairly common despite all of our pitching programs and things that we try to do, it gets a lot of refinement. It gets a lot of practice, not only with the reconstructions that we sort of talk about, but even trying to do things like repairs or things that we really weren't very good at in the past in terms of getting them back to play. And so there, there's multiple variations now of ways to try to reconstruct this or to use different materials or different anchors to try to get the strength and the reinforcement of that collateral ligament back. It, it gets hard when you start talking about multiple repairs in the same area. I mean, you're talking about scar tissue that's built up. You're talking about your bone that you're anchoring to already having gone through a surgery once. And so it, it does take longer to recover. And that's saying something because the recovery initially can be a year to get back to sport. Uh, and so it, each time this happens, it gets more complex and the the results get a little more guarded. You, you, aren't, you aren't as confident that it's going to be just a slam dunk, great recovery. Like we see 90% of people getting back to, to athleticism after the first time. It's become so commonplace now that you even have organizations that are putting Tommy John clauses in contracts now. Uh, Luis Castillo has one up in Seattle with the Mariners, a five-year deal, paying him $100 million, but it's got a Tommy John surgery clause that's that's in his contract. Um, we've seen numbers, Doc, here 
uh, within the last week about starting pitching in the big leagues. It's essentially a coin flip. 50% of them are going to go on the DL at some time this season. We've used more starting pitchers than ever before. The force that we're putting on some of these arms, and especially the elbow, uh, is not resulting in any uh, long-term effectiveness in terms of innings pitched by these pitchers. And now here's DeGrom having to go through his second one. Yeah, it's it's something that is going to be – you see, you see football dealing with concussion and CTE and all of that, and this is this is baseball's reckoning: is just that this mechanism of that pitch on this elbow leads to damage, and that there's evidence that it's in any healthy pitcher, there's a certain number of pitches that your elbow is really good for, and that it, it's something you want to limit on pitch counts, even when they're kids, and make sure that we're pacing this as far as we can. Uh, the, the act of throwing the baseball puts so much strain and stress on this specific ulnar collateral ligament. It's just a very difficult thing for it to endure over and over, day in, day out, days, weeks, months, years. That's that's asking a lot of it. And it's something that the sport itself is pushing every player to throw faster, to, to be better, and that there's no room for guarding in a lot of these players' minds. What does his age and how does it play a role in this? Because by the time he's done with this rehab, he's going to be approaching 38. Does age play a role in the rehab process? It does, and it, it does in every single ligament. I mean, the main protein that we see in ligaments to give it elasticity is collagen. And in males, the collagen peaks somewhere around 25 to 30 years old. And then after that, that collagen amount and the this elasticity and springiness of that ligament actually slowly declines over time. And, and that adds to it doesn't have as much of that elasticity to to recover from the tension. And then instead, it's just stiffer and, and you lead to more ruptures, you lead to more injuries and avulsion injuries and things like this because that collagen just peaks. And there's not a great answer to that. I mean, some people take collagen supplements trying to fight that off. There's not great data that that truly does much. We talk a lot about stretching, and this is one of the reasons we want that, is we want to keep that elasticity and reduce that injury risk. But this is a body-wide thing. That collagen level does peak, and so that recovery time gets a little longer, and that risk of re-injury is always just a little bit higher. Well, it kind of shows you at least what the situation was because when he first had this happen on April 28th, he had some forearm tightness. Uh, They often say that that's kind of a precursor uh, to a situation like this, and they they sent him and he started throwing bullpen sessions, and he was trying to get ready to come back from the team, and they were, I I mean, you can only imagine someone that's worth almost $200 million. They were pretty steadfast in, okay, you can throw this amount. Uh, Here's the velocity that you need to throw at. And they actually said that when they went in and, and viewed the elbow, it was worse from even when they, they set him down in the 28th. So he caused even more damage with even just putting light work on that arm, trying to build it back up to a point to get him back in there. Uh, just unfortunate all the way around, right, for a guy that is, has already been through it, knows the difficulties. He was in tears at his press conference, uh, knows that either in 14 or 18 months, who knows, depending on what type of procedure that he has, this is two more years potentially or two seasons off of his career. Yeah, and this is something that there's no shortcut around. You can't just, you know, skip. You can't pass go and collect $200. This is something you've got to do the rehab. You've got to do the time to get back to that level. There's no shortcut. You can't 
you can't rush it. And if you do, you run that risk of re-injury and then being out for even longer or maybe being done. And so it's it's tough when you look at that and you know that there's that much work ahead of you. Uh, and that, you know, especially since he kind of had gotten back to it, he had, he had tasted the fruit yet again of getting to play and be at that high level of competition. And it's like deja vu, but he's he's got to do it. There's no way around that if that's what his goal is, is to keep playing. Let's uh, jump to the NBA because tonight we could see the return of a very important player for the Miami Heat, which is saying a lot considering that they've been able to find a way to make it to the finals without Tyler Hero. He underwent successful open reduction and internal fixation surgery of the third and fourth metacarpal of his right hand, and that was back in April 21st when the release went out from the Miami Heat. That's in the first round of the playoffs against the Milwaukee Bucks, and hasn't been active since that point. But we could see him back tonight, Doc. So tell us a little bit about your experience in the third and fourth metacarpals and uh, exactly how much of a painful type injury that this is. And is this about the right time frame for someone like Tyler Hero to try to come back and play? Right. And this is one of those where I wish I had a picture. It's always easier just to point. I'm a very visual person and be like, it's this right here. But in the in the radio world, you have to just look at the palm of your hand, and you know that there are bones in there kind of leading up to each of the fingers, and those are the metacarpals that sit in the palm, but not the wrist bones, but kind of the meat of the palm of your hand. So he broke the bones that sit underneath the ring finger and middle finger in the palm of his hand. That's painful. I mean, yeah. it's, it's tough to have really any function of your hand uh, in terms of grip or finger motion. You can do it, but it's just it's very uncomfortable because those bones are long and important and, and crucial, really, especially for sport, but even just for holding a cup and drinking from it and things like this. It's, it's critical. Uh, when one is broken, it depends mostly on did it, you know, did it angulate, did it, did it displace, or is it broken and it's lined up perfect, just like it needs to be. Some of those can break and heal okay. In his case, with two right next to each other that are both broken, it's just not a very stable situation. If you break just one, you've kind of got the bones next to it to give it some stability, kind of buddy taped, if you will, to the fingers next to it by the palm of your hand. But when you break two, they can't really rely on each other for that stability because they're both injured. And so in his case, sounds like they had to go in. Typically, it's a, a plate to go and hold the bones into the position that they need to be. And then once that plate's in there, the motion is gone uh, in the fracture, and so it can heal really well. Uh, so it, him being a couple months out actually makes perfect sense. I think that he's probably shown excellent healing of these bones. Um, every now and then they will go ahead and go do a second surgery to take out that hardware, but it's not strictly speaking necessary. And so I, I suspect he'll play really well, especially if he's been able to rehab it in that short time. Um, but it's it's an uncomfortable thing to go through, and the, the swelling and the discomfort can kind of linger for a while. Well, that was my final point, is he's been practicing for a week now. Um, he did tell ESPN that he was still experiencing some soreness and swelling after shooting drills, which I would assume is probably pretty normal. Oh, yeah. And the thing with swelling in the hand and to some degree the foot, it, it, a lot of swelling sticks around until the muscles kind of push it out, but there's not, strictly speaking, a whole lot of large musculature in the hand. Most of that's in your forearm and manipulates the hand and wrist from there. And so swelling in fingers and in, even in the palm can actually stick around for months, and that can be an expectation 
it doesn't necessarily mean anything bad, but it is uncomfortable or he might notice it particularly, like you said, after going and shooting and being really active with it and, and getting blood flow to that area it may kind of flare up on him in terms of the swelling. Um, not something I'd expect to really limit him, um, but I, I think it's kind of safe to say he might be a little bit guarding of it still, uh, even though he might be starting to get back to play. Dr. Crane, great to have you back. I hope that uh, you find some place uh, to fit in a little nap, maybe here or there. Um, But, man, I'm so happy to hear that uh, your family is doing well. We are excited for you uh, here, not only on the station, excited for you uh, personally as well. And we can't thank you enough for taking a few moments to come back on with us, and we'll check in again with you next week. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. That's Dr. Chris Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from Tulsa Bone & Joint. Check him out online, tulsaboneandjoint.com, 918-392-1400. Locations in Tulsa, Bartlesville, Owasso, Sand Springs. Also that Midtown Physical Therapy Center that they have as well. They do everything. It's a one-stop shop. I trust them with my family. My wife has had a procedure there. My daughter has had a procedure there. I guess I'm next up on the list. So, you know, if I fall off a ladder or something... Then that's coming along the way, and I won't do it anywhere other than Tulsa Bone & Joint.